Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Regina DeMeo. She is a resident of the DMV area, is an alumna of Georgetown University and the George Washington University Law School. She's been helping families in the D.C. area for over 20 years with family law issues. In the past 10 years, she has frequently appeared in the media as an experienced matrimonial lawyer, including as the host of MMCTV's Making It Last and a legal commentator for Sirius XM. She's been on ABC TV, Good Morning America, The Washington Post, Facebook Live, and various other podcasts. Regina has also been recognized multiple times as a top divorce attorney by the Washingtonian Magazine and Super Lawyers. We have so much to talk about, so let's just jump right into this and welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Summer. Absolutely. Well, Regina, before we jump into this incredible professional background that you have established, can you give us a bit of a glimpse of where you grew up and about some life lessons that influenced you or may have drawn you to the law? Sure. So I grew up in New York City. Okay. Uh, I'm originally from Queens. I grew up with my mom and my grandmother who are immigrants from Ecuador. And they were very focused on education. And I went to start a kindergarten. I didn't even know English. So English is not my first language. Mm. And I spent a lot of time with books. And they also put me into sports after school. So I'm going to say that I credit all of the structure that they provided with my success. Because it's pretty astounding when you think about it. Like first generation born in the U.S. And then what happened is I got a scholarship to go to boarding school when I was 14. So that changed my life. And then from that scholarship, um, I was able to make all sorts of contacts. I got into Georgetown and then GW Law. So it's pretty amazing when you think about like where I started from to where I am today. Absolutely. But there also must have been something internal in you, something innate about you that was driven to do this as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just coming from nothing, it's like everything was so exciting. It's, <laughs> and, um, and there's so many things that I wanted, I guess, as a result of, of coming from nothing, right? And mm-hmm. there was only one way that was going to happen, I was going to have to make all of those opportunities for myself. And when mm-hmm. I realized that I really was interested in the law, like no one in my family could connect me with lawyers. They love me, but they don't have those kind of contacts. So yeah. I just at a very early age realized I'm, I'm going to have to excel at everything and, and open those doors for myself. Absolutely. And I love that part of your story. There was something that was inside of you that was innate, that was really a driver for you. And, and then what you experienced around you in regards to your social settings and the people that supported you, like your mother and your grandmother and the people in your family and those at your school. And that was great opportunity as well. So let's talk about your history of being a lawyer and what that experience has been like for you. 
So everyone always asks me why I went into family law, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think that's um, very draining, very dramatic. There's always uh, very sad stories that I have to hear. Uh, but I was always so curious about family structures based on my own upbringing, right? So like my mother did not know her father. I didn't know my father. Mm. And, you know, I didn't have that family structure that a lot of my friends had. So I was always curious, like what makes people stay together? What makes families, you know, get restructured? And each each case is different. So it, it I could not do something that was going to be the same all day after day. And no family is the same. No children are the same. Their issues are never the same. It's, it's, it's so interesting and keeps me so excited every day that I get up to go to work. So, I mean, that is why I was driven to family law specifically. Gotcha. So I meet a lot of lawyers who are what I like to call recovering attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> they've given up the law for their 2.0 or their passion. How did you find balance or how do you find balance between practicing law and nurturing other passions that you might have? I'm going to credit my son with that because he taught me the need for balance. I mean, I, I couldn't be a lawyer 24 seven once he was born. I needed to be a mom, right? I needed to leave at a certain point and go relieve the nanny from her duties and, and take over as mom. And it is because of my son that I learned boundaries. Mm, okay. So with that said, give me a couple of boundaries that you set for yourself or you learned because of your son. What were those that maybe you had to pull back and set different hours? What were some of those boundaries that you did learn? Well, I actually had to leave my firm because they were mm. not willing to they weren't willing to uh, cooperate with a flexible schedule. And I thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. I, I don't want to work on Fridays. I don't want to work evenings or late hours. And I think I can do this my way. So it, it did force me to have to leave my law firm to, to start my own. Wow. Uh, but I totally don't regret it. That is a biggie. But sometimes, and I love that. I love what you just said there. You didn't and you don't regret it. because. Some of the things I like to say, or one of the things that I like to say is some of our biggest lessons are, and our biggest challenges are our greatest teachers. And it sounds like that experience was a great teaching situation or lesson. So my next question is, and it kind of goes into what you just said, what is one of the biggest challenges that you've confronted as an attorney that has practiced for multiple decades? And what would you tell folks who are currently pursuing a career in law based on that challenge? Yeah, you definitely have to find a balance that works for you. But what we do is so stressful. We have so much responsibility. There's, there's deadlines that have to be met. Uh, there's a lot of money at stake that we're handling. So it is a very stressful job and you have to find really good coping mechanisms. So for me, my coping mechanism, especially once I had my son, was no more weekends with clients because that, that should be his time. And that should be our time to have play dates and get together with other friends. You have to fill your emotional cup with good mm -hmm. stuff because right? all week long, it's being filled with a lot of negativity, a lot of, so whatever it is that even before him, I, I spent a lot of time. I work out a lot, right? So that goes back to sports. Sports gave me a release and I've continued to do that. 
So uh, now it's golf, but but yeah. find whatever release you need. You have to have some coping mechanism that's healthy to deal with the stress. Yeah. And I love that from the foundational aspects of growing up, you were introduced to sports because that's something that you were able then to go back to, which is so great for the body and mind, right? So you're producing dopamine when you exercise, which is kind of like a happy pill of sorts. You are also creating that serotonin in your body. So there's a lot of different things that are happening for you and to you as you exercise. So you found that healthy outlet. And that's so important for folks to hear that if you are pursuing anything that you love and in specific the law, because we're talking to Regina today about her career path, finding that balance, finding something that you're passionate about outside of what you do every day, although you might be passionate about that as well. So My next question is, you've been featured on many programs such as SiriusXM, ABC TV, Good Morning America, The Washington Post, Facebook Live. What are some of the most common questions people ask you as a matrimonial lawyer? And what are some tips you might give those listening today? People always want to know, what do I think is the number one reason for divorce, right? And I actually have come up with an answer to that, which is narcissism. Because at the end of the day, yes, conflict resolution is important. And yes, it's important to have shared dreams and aspirations, the trust, the respect, all of that is important. But if you're truly married to a narcissist, someone that's so selfish, they can't think about anybody else's needs, that's never going to go anywhere. So that that is, I think, the number one problem. Everyone is like, well, this is what I want to do with my career. And this is what I want to do with my free time. And it's always me, me, me. And if you are with somebody that is, me focused, (laughs) that marriage is going to fail. Yeah. So what would be a tip that you could give those who are looking at marriage or pursuing marriage? What would you suggest? What would you say to them knowing day in, day out as a matrimonial lawyer, you've confronted these folks that are separating, that don't want to be together because of ego, because of narcissism, because of whatever drives the me attitude, right? So what would you say for those looking for that partner or seeking somebody they match really well with? What would some advice be that you could give? First would be don't rush, right? Like everyone feels like there's a timeline. I felt like there was a timeline. Oh, I have to be married by the time I'm 29. I have to have a baby by the time I'm 31, right? There really is no timeline anymore. You can freeze your eggs. (laughs) People are getting married in their 40s. I mean, thanks to modern technology, the timeline has totally changed, right? And, And then don't ignore those red flags. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, he's just having a bad day and that's why he yelled at me or that's why he punched a wall, right? I mean, we can come up with a million excuses for some really bad behavior. (laughs) And I would strongly recommend against that. Uh, I mean, ultimately it's taking the time to really think about what what do you want in a relationship and and not not settling for less than that. Like I I think I have spent a lot of time (laughs) thinking about qualities that should matter to all of us. Like, I think we all want someone who's available, who's responsive, engaging, protective, generous. I mean, you know, whatever that list is, I, I, I obviously have mine, <laughs> but, 
But like, take the time to think that through and think through your deal breakers and don't compromise because the person you marry could ruin you. It's, it, they, they really, the, the partner you choose to, to be with could, can make you or break you. Mm. And they can make you or break you physically, emotionally, mentally, in so many different ways. And one of the tips that I would give is understand your own personal values and beliefs, because that's the foundation from which you launch. That is going to be in everything that you do from your work to the partner that you choose to everything that you do. And if you're not matching up well, in regards to your values and beliefs, it's going to be off. It's kind of like that Venn diagram, right? And it's like those two circles that come together. You got that middle part. You want that middle part. Yeah. You're going to always have your independence to a certain degree, but what's bringing you together. What's the commonalities, right? When you're looking at your match, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And marriage takes work just like everything else, right? So if you're thinking, ah, this is just so great. Yeah. We go through that three to six month happy period. What do they call it? The, uh, the honeymoon phase, the honeymoon phase, right? Right. Which in clinical terms is that transitional phase, right? That transitional phase. And yet that ends, but what doesn't end is the creativity you can bring into that marriage. If you're willing to try and work on it every single day. And I'm sure you've seen all of this. I'm sure you've been exposed to so many interesting situations that you could give us tips from now until 20 years down the road. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But one of my favorite analogies that someone, a psychologist shared with me and it stuck with me, this was over a decade ago. She said, love is like a plant. You have to keep watering it, giving it sunlight. You can't neglect it. And I think that's the saddest thing sometimes is I see these marriages after 30 years or 20 years, their kids go off to college, someone's retiring, and then they realize we don't have anything in common anymore. Well, that could have been prevented. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think people get so far away from it was us just to begin with. And then we started having these jobs and these kids and they forgot to make time for themselves. And so they became further and further and further apart in regards to that 10, 15, 20, 30 year mark of, yeah, they've changed, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can actually grow and develop together and still have those kids have that job, but make time for one another. So I love this conversation. So I want to jump to my next question though, but when you're not working, and I know you said you like to do sports, but when you're not working, what are some of your favorite things to do? What are some of your hobbies? What are some of the things you like to do for fun? So pre-COVID, I would go do yoga three times a week, and Mm. I usually walk four miles every day. Mm. Then COVID hit, and uh, several people told me I should get into golf. And so I got into golf. So I'm a, there's a term actually, a COVID golfer. So (laughs) I'm only almost two years in, but it's it's actually like meditation because your your phones are off for five hours. You're outside in nature. And you, you, you're focused on one thing. You're really focused on getting that ball. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time, especially now with, with my friends, like you have to make time to, to feel loved and, and heard and, and share not just in the joys, but also the sorrows. Cause let's face it, the, the last two years have hit everybody pretty hard. 
Oh, absolutely. And I love that you bring all these different aspects into this conversation regarding your profession, what you've done to transition, some of the challenges, how you've overcome challenges, your beginnings, how you actually structured and identified your own values and beliefs. You've talked about so much of this. My last question for you is, and I want to thank you for being on the show with me today, but my last question for you is if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom today, what would they be? I would start by saying, really be comfortable with yourself and pursue your own dreams in the beginning. Cause that, to me, that that's really what has brought me the most satisfaction, right? I mean, I, I pursued my own dreams with gymnastics, with my education, right? And, and, and when you're a fully solid person, then you're not going to make these bad compromises in relationships, right? Yeah. If you, if you're, if you're feeling whole and satisfied in yourself, then you're going to hold out for what you really deserve. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Regina, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You can connect and follow Regina DeMeo on LinkedIn, and you can also follow her on her various social media pages and her blog at Gen X Smarty. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.